الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاة والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى أما بعد أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم قل هل يستوي الذين يعلمون والذين لا يعلمون إنما يتذكر أولو الألباب وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم اللهم إني أعوذ بك من علم لا ينفع ومن قلب لا يخشع ومن نفس لا تشبع ومن دعوة لا يستجاب لها كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم Most respected علماء الكرام Brothers and elders Brothers and sisters <coughs> On previous occasions also we discussed some du'as of Rasulullah صلى الله عليه وسلم And these simple du'as are du'as also and they are ta'aleem as well. The du'as of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, on the one hand it is du'a, it is supplication, it is teaching us how to supplicate and it is teaching us what to ask for, what is of importance when a person asks and when he is asking then depends also who is asking. One is a person is asking his brother for something or is asking his younger his child for something so that's also something he'll ask but then if he's asking his father it'll be something else he'll ask he won't ask the same thing but supposing he gets a chance to talk to the president face to face and the president says you got anything to ask you can ask so he says well I got to fix up my car or something he says, you had the chance to ask the president, you're talking about fixing up your car. Maybe you asked for a new car, you might have got it. So now the person, depending who he's talking to, who he's asking from, accordingly he's expected to ask. So now when we are making dua, we are asking Allah Ta'ala. The king of all kings, the creator, the sustainer. We ask the kings of this world, then sometimes that king might be miserly. He may be able to give it, but he might be miserly. People are sometimes uh, not able to really part with things. One person was eating, he was eating figs and enjoying himself. And just at that time, Qari Sahib happened to pass and he walked in. So this person now didn't want to share. He was a bit miserly. So he quickly took that figs and he hid it under the desk, under the table, wherever he was sitting on. So, in that moment that Qari Sahib noticed it, but he didn't obviously comment anything. So he came, sat down, met the person, spoke to him. So as they were talking now, this person, he said to the Qari Sahib, Qari Sahib, long time, I haven't heard you recite anything. Mashallah, you recite so well. So recite something for us. Qari Sahib said, very well, no problem. So he started off, A'udhu Bismillah. And he said, Wazaytoon, Waturi Sinin, Wahadal Baladil Amin. So this person said, was Zaytun, the surah starts off with Wattin. Where did the Wattin go? Teen means figs. He's asking him, the, where did the Teen go? So he says, the Teen is under the desk. <laughs> so in any case, because he had seen it, so he thought, let's make this person's Islam in a nice way. So he chose that surah to recite, and he told him where this Teen was gone to. So the point is that sometimes the person is in a position to give but doesn't have the heart to give. Sometimes the person has the heart to give but he's got nothing to give. And here we are asking from Allah Ta'ala whose treasures never diminish, whose treasures no deficiency ever comes in it. And who is more generous than Allah So now when a person has this opportunity and he has this opportunity all the time, to be able to see the president, forget, speak to him face to face, to even get one little note across to him will be a long story and a big protocol involved. And whether that is even read is another story. And after it is read, whether it will be given any attention, that's in a further issue. And here we have been given this direct line to Allah wa ta'ala, which is never engaged, which is never ever occupied. Allah ta'ala himself says, You call unto me, I will answer your call. So Allah Ta'ala has the ability, the power, the qudrat to grant us whatever our wishes are. And Allah Ta'ala is ever waiting for us to ask. 
So Nabi Sallallahu has taught us how to ask. Unfortunately, we don't give much attention to asking. Many times a person has major problems, says I'm battling here, I tried to do this, I tried to do that, and nothing seems to be working out, and the problem is just getting worse. So, if we sit and think and we ask the person, did you make two rakat salatul haja and make dua one time yet? No, I didn't make. Okay, leave the salatul haja out. You still just made dua. No, I didn't make dua yet. So this is something that we need to reflect on, that how much do we ask Allah Ta'ala? And to the extent that a person has ta'aluk with Allah Ta'ala, he'll ask Allah Ta'ala. And many a times this difficulty that a person finds in spending a few minutes to raise his hands and ask Allah Ta'ala, the thing to reflect on is that sometimes it could be the barrier of sins. To understand this, that a person has, his father told him to do something and he disobeyed that. He went against it. Now he's got, suddenly he realized now he's short of money now. But now the things are just hot at the moment. Father chased him out. Oh, maybe just even just reprimanded him and sent him out. And right now he suddenly realized he doesn't have enough money now. He needs to buy something or he's got some need. Does he have the heart to go and ask the father now? That now I just made a big issue just now. I was asked to do something. It was a simple request. I didn't do that. Now with what heart I'm going to go ask again? I was just asked to do something. I didn't do it. Now with what mouth am I going to put forward my request? But the father told him to do one thing. He did three things. He told him to do certain khidmat. He did double the khidmat. And he's forever ready to do whatever it is. And now he has some little need or some big need. He doesn't even think twice of putting it forward to the father because the heart is open now. There's this link all the time. So he has no hesitation, no restriction whatsoever. Whereas, after all the good relationship, still too the chance is that the father might refuse. The father may not be able to give him. Or sometimes out of, for no reason to he might refuse. So when this is the position with human situations, the same thing we can understand, but this is from our side. It's not from the side of Allah Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala's doors are forever open. But when a person engages in disobedience of Allah Ta'ala, there is wahshatul qalb bayna al-abdi wa bayna rabbihi. The ulama explain that there are various effects of sin. When a person sins, there are numerous things that become the consequence of sin. One is, for example, the aspect of fasadul qalb, that the heart becomes corrupted. The heart becomes engulfed in zulmat, in darkness. Now darkness, a person in darkness now is always uneasy. If suddenly the lights go off, everything is dark, the person is uneasy. He's only easy now when he can see what's going on around him. When the heart is engulfed in darkness, that will make a person uneasy. So one is that the heart becomes engulfed in darkness. Then this unease sets in. Now when this unease set in, now a person is parashan all the time. Then among the effects of sin is tawfiq wal bayna al-abdi rabb The tawfiq from Allah Ta'ala is taken away. And a person finds a barrier between himself and Allah Ta'ala. He finds this like a kind of unfamiliarity. And as a result now, like how he couldn't ask somebody when he didn't do what they wanted to, he finds it difficult to raise his hands. Whereas from Allah Ta'ala's side, the doors are open. And forever open. And Allah Ta'ala is waiting. In the Hadith Sharif it comes, Nabi Islam gives an elaborate example that a person is out on a journey and he is now got all his provisions on the back of the camel. His water is there, his food is there, he's in the middle of a desert. And he went to sleep, to take a small rest under a tree. Now suddenly when he wakes up, there's no sign of the camel. 
it's gone with all his provisions, his water, his food, everything is gone. And he's in the middle of a desert. And he's got no way of contacting anybody. And there's no apparent hopes of survival. He looks around, can't find it. Eventually he becomes so despondent that he comes back and lays down under the tree just waiting now that death must come now. What else? There is no other hope for anything else. Now it's just to wait now for the inevitable to happen. And while waiting for the inevitable to happen, his eyes close again, he falls asleep again. And when he wakes up again for the second time, suddenly he sees a camel standing at his side. Nabi Salaam says that this person becomes so overjoyed because this is not a small thing. This is where a person had lost hope in life itself. One is that he lost hope in finding the camel, but he's got a chance of buying another one. He's got a chance of maybe doing something else. But yeah, he lost hope in life itself. And now suddenly he sees that the means of life are back. So he becomes so overjoyed, he doesn't have control over his tongue. He doesn't have control over his mind. He doesn't know what he's saying. And in the moment of that ecstasy and joy, he's saying, Allahumma anta abdi wa ana rabbuk. Nabi Salaam says that in his joy, he became so overwhelmed, he doesn't know what he's saying, his mind is not in his control. He saying, Ya Allah, you are my servant and I am your Rabb. Nabi Salaam says, Akhta'a min shiddatil farah. He didn't do this deliberately. He just made a mistake out of that excessive joy. He didn't know what he's saying. But this joy became so excessive. Now this is the point that was the issue that Nabi Salaam is bringing to our attention. Then what kind of happiness that might be that he became so ecstatic, he doesn't know what he's saying. Nabi Salaam says that Allah Ta'ala becomes happier with a servant who has disobeyed Allah Ta'ala and comes back and makes Tawbah. What is this person's joy? This person's joy is nothing. Allah Ta'ala becomes happier with his servant who has erred, who has made a mistake and who has come back to Allah Ta'ala. So Allah Ta'ala's doors are open. Allah Ta'ala is forever waiting for his servants to seek forgiveness so that he may forgive them. But the issue is, the issue becomes from the side of the banda. That now he finds this some difficulty. Whereas this dua, this dua is the application form that a person is presenting to Allah Ta'ala. He presents the application form guaranteed that the form is the... the application is going to be accepted but we fail to apply we don't submit the form we don't submit it correctly so this is what we are being taught in the various du'as of Rasulullah that to ask and to ask as much as we can and as much as we want and this is bukhul ibadah it is the essence of ibadat we're going to make a habit of du'a and this dua is an ilaj for so many things. We have a, some ill feeling regarding somebody. Make dua for him. Take his name and make dua for him. See how that ill feeling just disappears. There's some jealousy that is being felt over somebody's na'mad. Take that person's name and make dua for barkat in his na'mad. And see how that jealousy is uprooted. This dua is a very great weapon against the attacks of shaitan. It is a means of drawing down the rahmat of Allah Ta'ala. Dua for every Muslim. And more so the person who we feel is some way our competitor, our rival. Somebody we feel some feeling of jealousy against. Somebody some malice against. All these are the people that we need to be taking their names and making dua for them. Husband and wife will complain about all the problems they have. But you ask them, did you make dua for your wife? No. You made dua for your husband? No, I don't make dua. So all the complaints you had, Allah Ta'ala has the power and the qudrat of turning the situation around in one moment. You tried everybody else, you went for 10 ta'wizes, but you didn't make dua yet. So this is where it should start off from. Then on the level of means, permissible means a person will adopt, being the command of Allah Ta'ala. But it starts off with asking Allah Ta'ala, a person has all the various means first, looking at the means. He wants to uh, sort out some problem, so first look at the means. He wants to do something, advance his business now, first the means. He wants to uh, sort some other issue out, first the means. Whereas the means is there, but the first thing is Allah Ta'ala.
then on the level of means only, without trusting in those means, we'll adopt means as well. So in any case, these du'as of Rasulullah they have ta'aleem in it. When it is du'a, it is teaching us how to ask, what to ask. But it's all a ta'aleem as well. So one beautiful du'a of Rasulullah which used to make was, Allahumma inni a'udhu bika min ilmin la yanfa'. O Allah, I seek refuge from knowledge that does not benefit. Ilm, knowledge, which does not benefit. I seek refuge from such knowledge. What we understand from this is that everything and anything is not knowledge. Anything and everything is not to be taken as knowledge. Some things are knowledge in the literal sense, but not in reality. And that is what Nabi Islam is seeking refuge from. What is knowledge in reality? Knowledge in reality is that which takes a person closer to Allah Ta'ala. Which is something that he will use to fulfill those needs that Allah Ta'ala has made permissible. So that will be fine. Knowledge in the terminology of the Quran and Sunnah is that which has come from Wahi. Has come in the Quran Sharif, has come via Rasulullah Sallallahu Then there are skills. Various skills, somebody is a professional, somebody is a tradesman, somebody is something. That's all skills within the limits of Shariat. That is fine, permissible. A person acquires a skill to earn a living. What is permissible, by all means. But knowledge is that which comes down from Allah Ta'ala as wahi. Now certain things which are regarded as knowledge, but it's not knowledge in reality. And this is what Nabi Islam is seeking refuge from. And in this time and age, when everything is at the press of a button, so many a person thinks that they are acquiring knowledge from this side and that side and anywhere and everywhere. But this is often corrupting a person's aqaid, unnecessarily putting people into great amount of problems, unnecessarily. One person was seeing great amount of very frightening dreams every day, same, same problem. Now seeing all these frightening dreams, person decided to find the interpretation of the dreams. Where? On the internet. So now, Mufti Google, the person went on to. So Mufti Google now, he hyped in interpretation of dreams. In whatever way, now a whole lot of frightening dreams, they were horrifying interpretations. Now the person became totally sick, physically sick after reading those interpretations. And the person was like on the brink of a collapse. Why? Because of this. And whereas the reality of it was, many a times a dream appears to be very negative. A dream appears to be very negative. But the reality is very different. And this is very complex and a very specialized field. Not everybody's job. In fact, it is not even just any average Ali's job also. It's a very specialized field. And this is more something that Allah ta blesses somebody with a gift, which is not something necessarily acquired via studying. Something that comes as a gift. Just to understand this, while we were studying, Hazrat Mufti Mahmoud Sahib Rahmatullah he had come down, he was in Johannesburg. So one of our ustads used to go regularly every night to his majlis. So one student, one day, he saw some dream. And he asked that Ustad, you're going to be going tonight. So if you can find out the interpretation of this dream for me. And I can't remember the details of whatever he asked at that time. But it was something like, while the lesson is on, and he is uh, looking in some, or he, he was doing something else in the lesson, and some other details. So in any case, he mentioned this dream. He was... 20 years story so I can't remember the detail but the long and short of it is he mentioned the dream to the Ustad that please get the interpretation so that Ustad finally got a chance after the Madis he explained that this is a dream on students so he asked me to bring the interpretation back so in that moment Mufti Sahib said it seems like while the lesson is on this fellow's mind is somewhere else he's not paying attention the Ustad came back and he said well this is the interpretation that you are seeming to be part of the lesson, but you are actually somewhere else. 
So he put his head down, he said 100% right. Now whereas the dream outwardly didn't show that this is what it's, it looked like something totally different. But this was the interpretation on the head. Now this was something which is a gift from Allah Ta'ala. That exactly what the situation was, was read from that. Now sometimes as we were saying, the dream looks very negative. But the reality is something totally different. Sometimes it's frightening outwardly. This person had been seeing all these frightening dreams. And whereas the interpretation of it wasn't anything negative. But they decided to dis- seek knowledge from the internet. So the result was that the person already was on the brink of collapse. And suffering almost depression. So this is a very dangerous thing. We seek knowledge from those who have sought knowledge from their asatiza and this is an unbroken chain up to Rasulullah That authentic unbroken chain, such avenues we seek knowledge from directly. From some unknown face, unknown somebody behind some computer screen, we don't know any, I don't have any idea who the person is, what the person's aqidah is, what the person's uh, lifestyle is, nothing. The person seems to be having a very, very fancy website, some very sophisticated things are written there. So that is it, this must be it. This is a very dangerous thing. We can jeopardize our iman also. So this is the thing Nabi Islam is teaching us. Allah is refuge from knowledge that does not benefit. Knowledge which benefits a person is that knowledge which takes a person closer to Allah Ta'ala. Otherwise, if a person is learning the Quran Sharif or a person is learning a hadith as well. But if that is not bringing any benefit in the person's life, it's not bringing a person closer to Allah Ta'ala, then that is ma'lumat, it is information. It's not knowledge. So we need to see where we're seeking the knowledge from. Allama ibn Sirin rahimahullah, he says, إِنَّ هَذَا الْعِلْمَ دِينٌ فَانْظُرُوا أَمَّنْ تَأْخُذُونَ دِينَكُمْ that this knowledge is also deen. So first see where you are taking your deen from. Somebody is with his best three suit and he's making tafsir of the Quran Sharif and he has shaven off the Mubarak lawn of Rasulullah And now he's making tafsir of the Quran Sharif. Very, very eloquent, excellent delivery and really heart-catching, everything else is all fine. But the issue is that what kind of tafsir is going to come from such a source? So nevertheless, this is the first lesson that we learn from here is, Allahumma Second thing Nabi Islam asked for, refuge from, وَمِنْ قَلْبِ اللَّهِ Ya Allah, I seek refuge from such a heart, which does not have any fear in it for, at all. No fear. That heart which is devoid of this khushur, this awe, this fear of Allah Ta'ala. person is totally fearless. One is that a person must not be overwhelmed with fear to the point where he cannot even function normally. But to become fearless, this too is very dangerous. It will make a person very bold. And he will feel that everything will carry on. Yesterday I did so many things, nothing happened. Life is carrying on. I am still eating, drinking, walking, talking. Everything is fine. Nothing has happened. So if everything is carrying on fine, then tomorrow too I can carry on like this. But this is the danger when a person is fearless. When a person loses the fear from the heart. So this is something that in what dua Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi make, Allahumma inni a'udhu bika, Allahumma inni as'aluka min khashatika ma ta'hulu bihi baynana wa bayna ma'asiyatik. Ya Allah, we seek that fear of yours which becomes a barrier between us and sin. That fear will become a barrier. So in any case, this heart needs to have this fear. And if you look in the lives of the Ahlullah, to what extent this fear was there? Nabi Wasallam himself, there is one date he picks up in his own house and he has eaten the date and the whole night he is tossing and turning. One date in his own house which is 99.999%, in fact 100% his. But because of that one slight possibility that 
0.001% possibility that maybe this was somebody else's date that had fallen here, which was supposed to be distributed. In his own house, one date. And he is tossing and turning the whole night. Now this is as a result of the fear of Allah Ta'ala, that tomorrow there is accountability. Now this one iota of doubt also mustn't be in something. This is a lesson Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam practically. Many a times when it comes to these things, a person sometimes is very conscious, very, very punctual, with his, besides his faiz and wajibah and sunnah, he's even conscious and punctual with his nawafil, doesn't miss a tahajjud, doesn't miss his ishraq, his charge, tawabin, making a lot of tilawat and a lot of other nafil ibadat, fasting often. But when it comes to halal and haram, making sure the earnings are 1%, 100% halal, there isn't any doubt in one's earnings. In fact, sometimes a person is very conscious that he must not eat anything from a haram sauce in the sense of what he's buying, he'll check the ingredients, person who has slotted this, he's double sure of everything. But what we don't feel double sure about is that money we're buying it with. We make sure we're buying is 100% halal. But we don't give that same amount of importance to see the money we're buying it with is also 100% halal. Not one doubt, not one percent of doubt came into that. How did we earn it? What was the mu'amala in that? And what will bring that barakat in it? Was that adopted? For example, in the hadith, Nabi Salaam says, Rahimallahu rajulan samhan Ida ba'a wa ida shtara wa ida qtada May Allah Ta'ala have mercy on the person who is easygoing when he buys, when he sells, when he buys, when he demands his payment. Allah's Nabi Salaam is making dua for him. Rahimallah. Allah Ta'ala have mercy on him. Now when a person deals in that manner, won't the barakat come? Because he's getting the dua of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Allah's Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi is blessing him with that dua. Now when he's getting that dua, then that barakat will come even if the quantity is little. And if he feels that he managed to really put wool over the person's eyes and made him even forget about so many things and he took things away from under his eyes and whatever else, so the quantity might look a lot, but that lot will bring musibat. That lot will bring greater musibat. So, the issue is to have this fear that will become a barrier between any kind of misdeed. And especially in terms of dealings, in terms of monetary dealings, social dealings. That a person is very careful about how he's dealing. So this is the Second thing that Nabi Islam asked for. Min qalbin la yaksha. Allah, I seek refuge from such a heart which is devoid from fear. Wa min nafsin la tashba. Allah, I seek refuge from such a nafs which is never satisfied. Min nafsin la tashba. One is that what we understand immediately is the nafs in terms of its demands for dunya. To amass the dunya. And that is something which is not dependent on what a person already has. Sometimes a person has a great deal and he's afflicted and another person has nothing and he's also afflicted. Because his aspirations are also for that maximum. That maximum which has got no limit. Maximum also has got no limit to. So that is one. So the nafs is never satisfied. And Nabi Wasallam has given that example that if this Insan had a valley of gold. He'll still wish he had another valley of gold. And nothing will fill this belly of his illa turab, except the sand of the grave. But if somebody comes back to Allah Ta'ala, Allah Ta'ala's doors are open. Allah Ta'ala will take him back. And the other is that whatever a person starts doing against Allah Ta'ala's commands, the nafs starts attaching itself to it. And then the nafs is never satisfied. As a result, it goes deeper and deeper. This is the nature of the nafs. In the Qasida Burda Sharif, Allah Mabusiri Rahimullah, very famous Qasida of his, and this too is, has a very strange uh, incident behind it. He was extremely ill for a long time. And in the illness one day, he wrote this Qasida in the praise of Rasulullah And when he slept away that night, he saw Nabi Islam in a dream and he put forward that this is my condition, I am extremely ill for such a long time. 
Allah's Nabi Sallallahu passed his hand over him and gave him a shawl in the dream. And when he woke up, that shawl was still with him. As a result, this became known as Qasida Burda Sharif, the Qasida of the scarf, of the shawl. So in there he gives this example of the nafs. النَّفْسُ كَتِّفْلِ إِن تَحْمِلْهُ شَبَّ عَلَىٰ حُبِّ الرَّضَاعِ وَإِن تَقْتِمْهُ يَنْفَتِمِ Allah Mabusi Rahimullah is giving the example or giving the parable of what the nafs is all about. He says this nafs is like a little child, a baby. A baby that is being suckled by the mother. But that child that is now being breastfed by the mother, that child doesn't want to ever stop drinking the mother's milk and doesn't want to go to other food and solids. But a time comes when the mother forces it upon the child. And that's a very difficult period for the child. A difficult period for the mother also. And there's a lot of tears and a lot of crying and whatever, wailing and so on. But that is something that is all tolerated. This is necessary now, so it has to be tolerated. So a child is crying and whatever else is tolerated. But a few days pass in all that crying and that agony and whatever else. Then it's like that was never a need. Like that never existed in the person's life. It becomes such a forgotten thing. Like this was never ever a part of a person's life. Allah Abu Rahimullah is saying this is the nafs. That when it becomes accustomed to something, some wrong, some haram, some sin... And now a person is making an effort to wean himself off it. So this nafs will shout and scream and cry and it will kick its feet and try to remain stuck onto that same place. But if the person makes that mujahada, now in that case of that child, that baby, if the mother says, I can't tolerate this child crying. So Allah Musi says that if that mother goes that route, that the child will grow up and he will still want to feed off the mother. He'll become a big boy and he'll still be wanting the same thing. Because he will never ever be off it. But when he, the mother tolerated that, in a short time it became a totally forgotten thing. The same is the nafs. If the person doesn't tolerate that screaming, the crying of the nafs, then he will remain attached to it for life. And it will get deeper and deeper. But for that short period, the person tolerated the screaming and crying of the nafs, then in a short time it will be like such a forgotten thing like it never existed that haram will be out of a person's system and he'll get a kind of disgust a kind of disgust will set in but there is a period of weaning and that period of weaning is a little bit of a tough time there's mujahada involved but a person resolves that come what may I'm going to make this mujahada so this is the nafs Nabi Islam is teaching us this dua to make this dua I mean nafsillah tashba. Wallah, I seek refuge from that nafs that does not get satisfied. And the last thing he asked in this particular dua, yustajabulaha, Ya Allah, that dua which is not answered, I seek refuge from that. Such a dua which is not answered. Now, one is to make dua and ask that our duas be accepted. Person goes for Umrah, for Hajj, etc. The first gaze on the Kaaba Sharif, du'as are accepted, and at that time one of the du'as to make is, Ya Allah, grant all my du'as. The time sometimes is limited, but if this one du'a gets answered, then all the du'as answered. So one is to make du'a for that also, and here we are being taught that, but the other is to do what will make those du'as accepted, and to refrain from what will become a barrier from the acceptance of those du'as. In the hadith, one Example Nabi Islam gives that a person has traveled from a long distance. We're talking about travel, example of those times on horseback, on camelback, through dusty roads. So by the time he comes, he's totally dust laden. Rajulun Akbara Ash'ath, his hair is completely all disheveled, he's dust laden. Now, the example has been given that he is in such a pitiable condition that if he asks somebody something, that person is never going to refuse. So if he asks even some ordinary person, that person will give him. Here now he is asking who? He is asking Allah Ta'ala. يَمُدُّ يَدَيْهِ إِلَى السَّمَاءِ فَيَقُولُ يَا رَبِّي يَا رَبِّي 
he stretches his hands to Allah Ta'ala and he's asking, Ya Rabbi, Ya Rabbi, grant me this, grant me that. But Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam says, وَمَطْعَمُهُ حَرَامٌ وَمَشْرَبُهُ حَرَامٌ وَمَلْبَسُهُ حَرَامٌ وَغُذِيَ بِالْحَرَامٌ فَأَنَّا يُسْتَجَابُ لِذَلِكَ That his food was haram, his drink was haram, he was nourished from haram, his clothing is from haram earnings. How can his dua be accepted? فَأَنَّا يُسْتَجَابُ لِذَلِكَ He himself has created a barrier from his dua. And many a times, people think that all the thousands, hundreds of thousands of people are gathered in Arafat. People are clinging to the ghilaf of the Kaaba Sharif and the Multazam and making dua for all the so many things and so many people. Whatever else is carrying on. And now in the middle of all this, yet we don't see anything happening. What is going on? Millions of people are all the time making dua. But the issue to look at is that what is, have we created any barriers? What is the level of consciousness of halal and haram in our earnings? And this is something which is a very tragic situation. Every now and again, some issue comes up, some question comes up. And several times and in many occasions comes up from non-Muslims. I was dealing with so-and-so Muslim and this is how he dealt and so what he did. Now how do I go back, go around getting my money back? And this whole thing has been premeditated. The whole sequence of events makes it clear that this whole thing is premeditated. Now after that, the person makes dua. What dua is going to be accepted? He can make dua while clinging on the ghilaf of the Kaaba Sharif with zamzam filled from head to toe. But Nabi Islam is saying, فَأَنَّا يُسْتَجَابُ لِذَلِكَ How is dua is going to be accepted? So we have to become super conscious, hyper conscious of our earnings. How we are earning? Are we doing what is going to please Allah Ta'ala? Are we doing what is going to please Allah Ta'ala and bring the barakat in that earnings? Then inshallah the dua will be accepted as well. So this is a very beautiful, short, concise dua Nabi Islam taught us. We should be learning some of these duas, one dua every month also. These masnoon duas, even we learn one a month also. In a year we'll know it, 12 duas. And in a few years it will become maybe 100 duas. But these duas are filled with meaning. And if we don't know it, we ask in our own language, whatever language we can understand best. But we should be making a practice of dua. And one is formally, while sitting, while raising our hands, facing the Qibla. Apart from that, at every possible occasion, we're driving, we're working, from the heart, we're asking Allah Ta'ala, time and again, something has come up, first ask Allah Ta'ala. Turn the heart to dua. Then do what is necessary to be done. Allah Ta'ala, give us all the tawfiq. Recite Guru Sharif. La ilaha illallah Muhammadur Rasulullah Sallallahu tabaraka wa ta'ala alayhi wa ala alihi wa ashabihi wa ashabihi wa baraka wa sallam tasliman kathiran kathira Ya Rabbi salli wa sallim daiman abada ala habibika khayril khalqi kullihimi Jazallahu anna nabiyya muhammadan sallallahu alayhi wa sallam bima huwa ahlu La ilaha illallah 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 
ہو جائے میرا دل لکھ میدان ہو تو ہی تو ہو تو ہی تو ہو تو ہی تو غیر سے بالکل ہی اٹھ جائے نظر تو ہی تو آئے نظر دیکھو جدر اور میرے تن میں بجائے آب و گل درد دل ہو درد دل ہو درد دل نفس و شیطان دونوں نے مل کر ہائی کیا ہے مجھ کو تباہ اے میرے مولا میری مدد کر چاہتا ہوں میں تیری پناہ مجھ سا خلق میں کوئی نہیں گو بد کردار ناماسیہ تو بھی مگر غفار ہے یا رب بخش دے میرے سارے گناہ اب تو رہے بس تادم آخر ورد زبائے میرے الہ لا الہ الا اللہ 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 محمد الرسول اللہ صلی اللہ تبارک و تعالی علیہ وسلم اللہ جل جلالہ عمنوانہ اللہ 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 
اللہ اللہ کے نسا پیارا نام ہے عاشقوں کا مینا اور جام ہے اللہ اللہ کے عیسا پیارا نام ہے عاشقوں کا مینا اور جام ہے آہرا جز آسماں ہم دم نہ بود غیر خدا محرم نہ بود آہرا جز آسماں ہم دم نہ بود راضرا غیر خدا محرم نہ بود الہی بن رسوا مکن گر بدم من سر من پہ دام کن الہی بن رسوا مکن گر بدم من سر من پہ دام کن ہر تمنا دل سے رخصت ہو گئی اب تو آ جا اب تو خلوت ہو گئی ہر تمنا دل رخصت ہو گئی اب تو آ جا اب تو خلوت ہو گئی مٹا دے اپنی ہستی کو چھوڑ دے سانی بستی کو بستی بستی کہتا جا اللہ 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 محمد الرسول اللہ صلی اللہ تبارک و تعالی علیہ وسلم اللهم لك الحمد كله ولك الشكر كله اللهم لا نحصي ثناء عليك أنت كما أثنيت على نفسك جزا الله عنا نبينا محمدا صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو أهله ربنا غلمنا أنفسنا وإن لم تخفلنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين ربنا هبلنا من أزواجنا وذرياتنا قرة أعين وجعلنا للمتقين إماما وجعلنا للمتقين إماما وجعلنا للمتقين إماما ربنا فاغفر لنا ذنوبنا وكفر عنا سيئاتنا وتوفنا مع الأبرار ربنا وآتنا ما وعدتنا على رسلك ولا تخزنا يوم القيامة إنك لا تخلف الميعاد اللهم ثبتنا على الإيمان وأمدنا على الإيمان وأحشرنا يوم القيامة مع الإيمان اللهم إنا نسلك الهدى والتقى والعفاف والغنى اللهم آت نفوسنا تقواها وزكها أنت خير من زكاها أنت وليها ومولاها اللهم إنا نعوذ بك من علم لا ينفع ومن قلب لا يخشع ومن نفس لا تشبع ومن دعة لا يستجاب لها إله العالمين يا الله يا الله forgive all our sins يا الله إله العالمين يا الله we are indeed ashamed of all the sins we have committed يا الله يا الله we are deeply regretting whatever we have done يا الله إله العالمين يا الله you forgive all our major and minor sins يا الله إله العالمين يا الله forgive the sins of the night يا الله forgive the sins of the day يا الله forgive the deliberate sins يا الله forgive what we did by mistake يا الله إله العالمين يا الله give us a topic of being in your obedience all the time يا الله إله العالمين save us from all the fitna and fasad يا الله يا الله the hate of sin in our hearts يا الله يا الله let us hate sin like how we hate filth يا الله إله العالمين يا الله يا الله you grant us your love يا الله Fill our hearts with your love, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, fill our hearts with the love of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Ya Allah, fill our hearts with the love of the sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Ya Allah, grant us the love of deen, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, grant us the love of the Qur'an Sharif, Ya Allah. Grant us the love of tilawat of the Qur'an Sharif, Ya Allah. Grant us the love of dhikr and dua, Ya Allah. Ilahu al-alamin, let our hearts be, Ya Allah, attached to dua, Ya Allah. Let our hearts be emerged, immersed in dhikr, Ya Allah. Ilahu al-alamin, grant us the pleasure of sajda, Ya Allah. Ilahu al-alamin, Ya Allah, give us the taste of a'mal, Ya Allah. Ilahu al-alamin, Ya Allah, save us from everything that, Ya Allah, will take us away from you, Ya Allah. 
Ilahul alamin ya Allah, you protect the ummah ya Allah. Ya Allah, protect the ummah ya Allah. Ya Allah, forgive all the ummah ya Allah. Ilahul alamin ya Allah. Ya Allah, protect the elders of the ummah ya Allah. Protect the children of the ummah ya Allah. Protect the women of the ummah ya Allah. Ilahul alamin ya Allah, save us from all the traps of nafs and shaitan ya Allah. Ilahul alamin, save us from traps of nafs and shaitan ya Allah. Ilahul alamin, you can only be saved with your protection ya Allah. Ya Allah, for one moment also do not give us to ourselves ya Allah. For the blink of an eye also don't give us to ourselves ya Allah. Ya Allah, we will destroy ourselves in one second also. Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, we are in need of your protection every moment, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, protect us, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, protect our families, Ya Allah. Protect our children, Ya Allah. Protect our relatives and friends, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, protect the entire ummah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Ilahul Alamin, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you take us with Iman, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you keep us with Iman and take us with Iman, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, at the time of our death, Ya Allah, take us with the kalima, La ilaha illallah, Muhammadur Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Ya Allah, take us on Iman kamil, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, take us on Tawbat and Nasuh, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, take us at the time you are pleased with us and we are pleased with you, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, make our qabr's gardens of Jannah for us, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, grant us shafat of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Ya Allah, give us Jannatul Firdaus without any raining, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, Ya Allah, all those who have passed away, Ya Allah, fill their qabr's with nur, Ya Allah. Make their complete maghfirat, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, give them the highest stages in the akhirat, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, those of our parents who are living, Ya Allah, give them barakat in their lives and health, Ya Allah. Give us a tawfiq of serving them, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, give us a tawfiq of earning Jannat by a service to them, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, those of our parents who have passed away, Ya Allah, fill their qabr's with nur, Ya Allah. Allah, give them the highest stages in the akhirat, Ya Allah. Make their complete maghfirat, Ya Allah. Give them a special place in Allah, in Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, Ya Allah, you have mercy upon them, Ya Allah. Rabbir habhuma ma rabbayana sara. Rabbir habhuma kama rabbayana sara. Rabbir habhuma kama rabbayana sara. Ilahul Alamin, Ya Allah. And give us a tawfiq of Ya Allah, doing that which will please you, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, Ya Allah, you save us from everything that will displease you, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, all the good that Rasulullah asked for. Ya Allah, we also bring for all the good. Ya Allah, whatever Nabi Islam sought refuge from, Ya Allah, you grant us protection and safety also, Ya Allah. Allahumma inna nasaluka min khayri ma sa'alaka minhu nabiyuka wa habibuka Sayyiduna Muhammadun sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Wa na'udhu bika min sharri masta'adaka minhu nabiyuka wa habibuka Sayyiduna Muhammadun sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Anta al-musta'an wa alayka al-balagh. Wa la hawla wa la quwwata illa billahi al-ali al-azim. Ilahul alamin, all those who are sick, give them shifai kamila, ajila, mustamira, daima. Ya Allah, those who are in any kind of difficulty and hardship, remove the difficulties, Ya Allah. Throughout the world, remove the difficulties from the believers, Ya Allah. Ilahul alamin, grant everyone afiyat, Ya Allah. Grant salamati, Ya Allah. Protect everyone's life, wealth and honor, Ya Allah. Protect everyone's iman and a'mal, Ya Allah. Ilahul alamin, Ya Allah, you safeguard us, Ya Allah. ربنا تقبل منا انك انت السميع العليم وتب علينا يا مولانا انك انت التواب الرحيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد واله واصحابه اجمعين والحمد لله رب